How many times in our life we make decisions off of money? If I look back in a lot of my decisions, wrong decisions always revolve around money. Welcome to the season two opener, episode number 14 with branding and marketing expert, transformational speaker, and creator of the wildly popular Spark Events for Women on the Rise, Rachel O'Rourke. Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm so excited for the season opener. Welcome to season number two. I can't wait for all of you to hear this amazing woman who's opening our season two. And I met Rachel in the local networking scene. And from the moment that I met her, I knew I was going to get along with her so well. Rachel O'Rourke is a self-proclaimed multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's a branding and marketing expert and a transformational speaker. She's a creator of the wildly popular Spark Events for Women on the Rise. I'm so excited because I'm going to be there next month here in Portland, Oregon. September 23rd and 24th. And I look so forward to being there. I look so forward to seeing you there and connecting with other women entrepreneurs. Rachel is also the founder of the Flawed Female Movement. She's a mom of four and a bit of a thrill seeker. That is an understatement if you know Rachel. In January of 2017, Rachel began her own intuition experiment, a new way of living that has completely transformed nearly every aspect of her life, bringing more experiences, happiness, income, and opportunity than she has ever had, ever in her 36 years. Through her events, she works diligently to create global communities of female leaders and entrepreneurs who are rising up, working together, and making massive shifts in the world. 
Because together we are stronger. Together we can cultivate lasting change. Together we can rise. Learn more about Rachel and the Spark events at rachelorourke.com. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-O-R-O-U-R-K-E.com. I know you can also visit the sparkevents.com and you'll get all the information about Rachel. But without further ado, please help me welcome the mother hustler that is mother hustling the world this week, Rachel O'Rourke. Welcome everyone. This is season number two and we are blessed with the amazing Rachel O'Rourke. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Much better now that I'm in a room with you. That's awesome. So we had our coffee date a long time ago. I feel like it was ages ago, but also just like yesterday, if that makes sense. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, which you and I are having fun from a distance, <laughs> right? I know. I've, I've been watching everything that you're doing. It, it's actually hilarious. I was following your podcast online on Instagram, not even realizing it was you. I know. You told me. And when I found that out, I was like, God, that's amazing. I mean, so much has happened for you in the last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, there are a ton. Actually, just in the last couple months, I just learned so much and Except this is not about me, though. This is about you. <laughs> Here we go. This is about Rachel because Rachel is a go-getter, and I was a part of your. I'm still a part of your group on Facebook called the Fabulously Flawed Female. Yes. You're also a mom of four kids. That's busy. Very busy. Right. Yeah. And I know you travel a lot, so. Walk us through this whole thing <laughs> since we had coffee day. And, oh my gosh. And just grace us with all these journey and information and how, you know, how much fun you're having. You know, you're actually, I was thinking about this on the way here. You're actually a part of my journey and you don't even realize it. Wow. I know. You know what was funny with um, my, my guest last time? The, the man, yeah, and I got that one man. That one man. That I, um, I told them that you know what's so fun about impacting the world and impacting people is the unknown of how did you impact people mm -hmm. because it rarely comes back. And you know, I only had one person that really came back to me it was the person I fired at my insurance agency. And I didn't fire her, fire her. I just noticed that she was not into it. Yeah. And I just said, hey, you know, I think that it doesn't spark, talking about sparking, doesn't spark your spirit when you come in. And I think I would be doing a disservice for you if you, if I continue to employ you, when you could be successful elsewhere because of that passion. What's your passion? And we just kind of talked. And then eventually she just fired herself and said, you're right. You know, I think I need to go after it. Awesome. And years later, you know, a lot of the people that even I fired had still stayed as a client with me. And then years later it came back and 
just said you changed my life. And I'm like, oh, how did I do that? <laughs> you Isn't know, that it's just the fun part of of bringing impact to the world is not knowing how you really impact people. So tell us. <laughs> so it's like, but for real, so it's like every conversation that you have with somebody, you have the opportunity to impact them. And when you and I were having coffee, I think it was at La Teda here yes, in Vancouver, um, you had recommended three different pieces of content for me to, to watch or listen to. And one was um, like a link to a, an Oprah Winfrey show. And then one was Tony Robbins, um, I am not your guru video. And then one was the movie The Shift. And I remember within a few days, I went home and I took a day off of work and I laid in my bed and I watched everything that you told me to watch. Because really? at that time, I was going through a really pivotal time in my life. And I guess that must have been over, maybe a little over a year. Because so much has happened since then. And it really, I needed, I needed, the universe knew I needed to have that message in my life. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have coffee with you that day. So oh. I, I wanted to share that with you because I actually just realized that on the drive over here. Um, but so much has happened since then. I, I've kind of called this last year my year of intuition. And um, it started with kind of almost a breakdown where I was mm. living this life that was just kind of like going through the motions. And my family life was great and my, my marriage is great, but I just, I felt kind of just bored and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I didn't feel like that fire inside and I didn't know what to do. And it just felt kind of stuck. And so I started um, getting into a lot of self-development stuff, like pouring myself into self-development books and listening to podcasts and just trying to figure out me. Mm -hmm. And I started really like thinking about, there I read a book and I can't remember where I found it, but the idea of your intuition is always guiding you. And how often do we have that gut feeling and we either ignore it or we just, you know, push it to the side like that's crazy. And I know for me that's happened quite a bit. And I, I mean, there was a point in my life. So when I met you, I was working for a restoration company. I was a marketing manager. And then I decided I needed to own my own business again because I used to be a nutrition consultant and a health coach. And that wasn't really for me. And, you know, I liked helping women, but not at that particular capacity. And I couldn't figure out what that next step was. So I started um, learning more about online marketing and about branding and just taking a bunch of courses. And at this time, I was still working for the restoration companies. It was more for just education for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about launching a marketing business, a marketing consulting business. And I got a business license and I was going to do it and I was gearing up. And I got a phone call from a very big I don't know if I can mention their name on a podcast, but a very big gym, um, national, like, you know, workout place, you know, has that number and fitness in it. And <laughs> <laughs> I, my gut instinct told me, don't do it. Don't do it. It was a lot of money though. And I like fitness and that little voice in the back of my head kept telling me it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. And I ended up doing it. And because I mean, how, how many times in our lives do we make decisions based off of money? Mm -hmm. And if I look back at a lot of my decisions, wrong decisions, it's always revolving around money. Well, because we need money. Yeah, you need and money. we have kids, like you have four, I have two. Yeah. And with the expenses of having kids, there's no doubt that we need money. 
right? I know it's, it's a survival thing. And you, you know, as a mom, we're always trying to put our family first and part of that is providing for them. And I was at, at this fitness place as a general manager for a fitness company for about six months, hated every second of it. And this is really when I got started getting really more into meditation. And I remember one morning I was getting ready for work and I was feeling anxious about going. I was gone from my kids all the time, 12 hours a day. I would get to see my kids early in the morning and late at night. It was just, wow. it wasn't working for me. And so I was meditating and I just said, gave it up to the universe. I said, you know what? I'm going to be guided. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. And I just felt really at peace at that moment. I'm like, okay, I know this is going to work out. On my drive to work that day, I was listening to the radio and this song came on and I didn't want to hear it. So I turned the station and the whole radio just shut off. And so I was like, well, okay, and turn it back on, try to change the station and it shuts off again. So I just really twice that twice. And so I'm like, okay, I have to listen to the song. Well, the next song that came on was a song by the band Sugarland and it's called, there's gotta be something more. And the wow. whole premise behind the song is like, don't work your life away. Do something that you love. There's something more. And instantly I was just filled with this rush of gratitude and I was crying. And it was a good cry because I knew what I needed to do. And I went in that day and I put my two week notice in. Wow. No backup. You know, this was a six figure job. Nothing like in my pocket, but I knew it was the right decision. And that was my first big step in my, this last year of being guided and really following my intuition and I launched a, a coaching business, a marketing and branding coaching business for female entrepreneurs two weeks later. And uh, it's been this wild ride since that has now led me to be a marketing director for a company called Cauliflower Foods. Uh, it's a startup that my friend launched and I used to work with her when she owned her life, life coaching business. And, um, ended up kind of helping her a little bit on the side because I had clients at the time. And as the company really started to grow, I decided that my gut was telling me that I needed to be involved with this company. And since then I've met just so many cool people. I know. I'm looking at your social media and this is, this is, um, this is the cauliflower food, cauliflower. <laughs> cauliflower pizza crust. So they make a lot of frozen stuff. Yeah, a lot of cauliflower-based products that are low-carb and fresh ingredients. And um, you know, this company has led me to be able to travel more times in the last year than I have in my entire life combined. That's um, and it's which I was having a really good time doing that, but I still felt like there was something more. And so I went back into my little meditation space and I said, "What else am I? What am I supposed to be doing?" And um, I came out of this meditation and knew at that moment that I needed to do an event for women. And I couldn't yeah. figure out why, but I was going to listen. And um, I love events personally. Every time I've gone to a, a good event, something really transformative has happened for me. And it's, it's, I just, I love being around other women and really just getting that high vibration of being around people that are really going after something. And the last year I launched Spark Events, which are events for, I say women who are on the rise, which are typically female entrepreneurs and leaders. And we had the first ever one called Spark Chico in Chico, California last year. And it was unbelievable. And Chico is where you're from, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Northern California. So you have a lot of grassroots 
you know, you know a lot of people in Chico. Yeah. Is that why you launched it there? Yeah. The first it, time? it just felt right. It felt right. And my, my good friend, um, Molly Openshaw, who owns mm-hmm. Mood Swing Wines, she lives there and she uh, said, I'm all in, whatever you need, I will help you. And I mean, that event would not have been able to have been as successful as it was without her. She did wow. so many behind the scenes things, but um, that's definitely my big pie in the sky career goal is doing quarterly, if not more, at wow. Spark events all over the world. So do you think you are, um, so I'm going to go back and rewind to asking you a question about the three items that I shared with you. Was an, one was an interview with Oprah Winfrey over at um, Stanford University mm-hmm. on stage at their graduation. The other one is I'm Not Your Guru. Um, it's a Tony Robbins documentary, although Tony has done something recently that a lot of women are kind of shying away from with his um, recent um, issue with this woman that stood up and talked, you know. Yeah. I think he felt like he was being embarrassed in his in his own house, you know. Yeah. Ego. Yeah, it was an ego. And then the shift movie, um, was it like a combination of all three of them? And you know what's funny? That's always what I recommend people. Great combination. Yeah. Great combination. You know, it's, that's a good question because I consumed all three of those in the same day. And I still have not gone back and watched them again, actually. I've, I've been thinking I need like a reset day as well. I think everybody needs a reset day mm-hmm. just where you just find different forms of inspiration. But that's, um, that's something that's on my bucket list in this next week to actually to do is to consume those again because they're such great motivational yeah. content. I mean, the shift, Wayne Dyer, he was based off of his book and – um, I have not read that particular book of his. I read some other books of his, but the movie, something visually seeing and feeling what the different characters are going through, it was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just the shift is just allowing and not fighting life anymore. Yeah. You know, I was, I was um, talking to Aria Leidy, who used to own Art a la carte. It's such a great vision, but it was not serving her and her family you know, financially, and it was failing, but she hung on to it because of the passion she had. But it was always a fight. There was always something, you know, it was not like how the, the flow of, this, of the energy and the way that we talk about in meditation and how the, if you just allow life to flow through the way it should, but I'm a happy person. What are you talking about? And uh, she's like, no, what is it? And the first thing that came out of my mind, uh, out of my mouth was, you know, I just feel like God is mad at me. And this was when I was wow. 20 something years old already. I, I already had my child. Actually, it was around my son's eight or nine year of life. And, um, and she said, well, what do you mean? I said, you know, when I was such and such age, I hit my mother. And it was still so vivid, right? And he's like, well, what happened? And I kind of told him the backstory. And I said, you know, and I know God said, honor your mother and your father. And I know I'm going to pay for this for this for my life. And now I'm doing this for my child. And I just, I feel crazy. I feel like I'm going nuts. And she's like, have you ever opened the Bible? And I said, no. And she's like, well, if you had, then you would know that it also says, parents do not cause the wrath wrath of your children. And when he said that, it was like this, water washed over me 
and I just found forgiveness. Like God just opened the sky for me and said, it's okay, you know? And I was like, oh my God, you know, maybe I should read that book a little more often <laughs> because I had so much guilt and so much shame around it. And, um, and something came, like I said, something happened to me to where I started, I decided I'm going to change this. I'm going to break this chain because if I don't break this chain today, my son is going to do the same thing to his children and they're going to do the same thing to their children. And this is just such a generational curse that needs to be broken. So that's why I got into self-development. Yeah. Wow. You know, the Bible is actually the best personal development book if you understand it. Um, it's really hard to understand. And I remember because I was raised Catholic, I remember growing up, I'd go to Bible study and I didn't quite get it. And now, um, you know, I go to church. I don't always go to church every Sunday, but I go pretty good. And I, it's actually my kids that brought me back to church funny how kids are, right? They change you. And I hadn't gone to church since I came to America in 2000. I hadn't gone to church for a very long time. And in 15 years, I was away from church, didn't have any relationship with, you know, whatever I believe in other than I just believed that I could handle it all on my own. Right. And I could, I could, I could be good at life. But um, when I, when my kids started asking about, you know, God and all that stuff, I didn't really know how to answer it. So I said, but I know where to find the answer. So, I mean, that's kind of how my evolvement with the church has been. But I, when I, when I started hearing, and I go to Christian church, church now and uh, when I started hearing how they translate the scriptures and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like, that sounds like Tony Robbins or that sounds like what so-and-so just said on, on another context, you know? And so someone said that's, that the Bible is actually the best personal development if you can apply it to real life and, you know, put it together and translate it in English. Because I think it's really hard to understand for kids. Yeah. Um, with all the different, you know, the and and thy and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you said that you did the same thing to your son yeah. until nine. And it's funny because episode number two was actually the one that kind of triggered you to come on my podcast. Uh -huh. What was, what was it about on that episode? Cause you said you kind of disconnected yourself from being a, it's not your, it was your identity. And then now it's kind of disappeared and you haven't talked about it. Uh -huh. And then by listening to episode two, um, it reconnected you to your motherhood. Mm -hmm. What was it about it that, that made you reconnect to this identity I, that you have to be 100 percent honest i don't recall but i do i do remember that she she mentioned something about how you know we lose ourselves because we're doing you know so many things for our children and other stuff and, and it's so funny because that's what i talk about now when i teach my clients or when i coach them it's like you know it's all about you reconnected yourself reconnected yourself and and i think so listening to it just made me realize that my niche is just is women around my age that have lost their identity. Mm -hmm. So 
And I think the reason why I disconnected from that part, number one, there's a lot of shame behind it. Mm-hmm. Number two, yes, there is a lot of conquering around it, but see what you don't know is that I, well, I became a dance, well, I've always loved to dance, like I told you, so I, I became a choreographer, so I used to teach dancing and I would create choreographies everywhere, like Mexico, here, everywhere. And then when I came here, you know, I've always also, once I became a teenager, started having weight issues. So I knew that I I had to stay active for the rest of my life. But I hated to work out, hated it. (laughs) So uh, I found something that I fell in love with, which was Zumba. And I got certified and I became an instructor. Thank God I created an amazing brand here. And people followed me so, so much so that I was able to open my studio with 150 people on the first day. Like, wow. like it was a humongous following, thank God. Um, so what happened here is that I was a mom. I was very present in his schooling. I wanted to be, I didn't want a job to tell me when I was allowed to be a mom or not. So I always had to forge my own way because I didn't want, I didn't like working for people. And when I worked for people, it didn't last long because I didn't <laughs> have other things to do, right? So I start living life. I start, you know, I start changing and I start, you know, having a better relationship with my child. I have this business. I'm independent. I'm doing things. And the United States sends me the opportunity to become a citizen when my son is around maybe 11. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what for? I'm doing the thing. I have the money. I have the business. My son's happy. I'm happy. I don't need nothing from nobody. I don't need <laughs> citizenship. I'm good. <laughs> Again, you know, I I went through life, but I don't think I was growing up. I was yeah. going through life, right? And um, I didn't really have a guide. And if anybody tried to be my guide, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then we get to a second invitation from the United States for me to become a citizen when my son was 17. So I took it. The business was already going well. Everything was settled. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's do it. Let's throw it on the flag, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's when all hell broke loose. I became a citizen. And then I remembered, holy crap, my son has been in this country all this time and I have not put in his paperwork. <gasps> wow. Uh-huh. So... I put in his paperwork as a citizen, which all the attorneys promised me that it would be so quick because I was a citizen, so he naturally would become a citizen, blah, blah, blah. And that was so bold. That, I mean, the process is so long. So then his 18th birthday came, and I'm told by several attorneys that if I don't want him to get deported because now he's an adult, and now his uh, legal status even though, even though he didn't bring himself to the United States, now his legal status is, is his responsibility to keep an adult. He can no longer stay here past 18 years of age and 60 days, I believe. No, 90 days. Oh, my gosh. So around that time, around that time, I already was suffering from chronic pain for about two years, but I was hustling and hustling because I had a business, I had a child, and I had to push through. I already had a lot of pain in my body because I was teaching about maybe – 30 to 35 hours a week, physical, dance, and fitness wow. classes. So I was really depleted. So by the time this happens, and we have we make the decision that my son is going to go and wait for, for his callback or for his appointment or for his interview in Mexico, so he has no choice. 
uh, he has to stay in Mexico to wait for it. Uh, when we make that decision and he leaves, my world did collapse. Wow. And I felt like I lost my son. Um, at that point, the pain was so acute, and I'm thinking it had to do with emotion as well, mm-hmm. where I just could no longer perform. So I lost my son, my health, and my studio all at the same time. <sighs> and wow. And I think that was the biggest disconnect. My son left. He got angry in all his rightful mind. He was absolutely angry. Uh, he graduated early, just so he wouldn't leave high school undone. But he didn't get to walk with his people, with his with his uh, friends. So you know, he he's sitting over there watching all of this on Facebook, and he's angry at me. He's like, "You took my life away. You took my life away." And I was over here just simmering and victimization and anger and shame and I took his life away and I'm a horrible mother and I'm no good and he doesn't need me and why am I alive? I went back to wondering why the heck I was here. Wow. So in order for me to be alive, I had to have him come into the world. The moment I'm separated from him, I completely fall apart and I don't know who I am anymore. So that, that, depression lasted four years four years and that happened seven years ago and up to date I still live in chronic pain I have not been able to dance again and we're barely catching up our relationship me and my son he's still not back they dropped his case so he's not coming back and wow so yeah there's it's just been a lot um to to survive but more than anything I had to I had to find who I was without him and without them, which were the only two things that kept me alive all this time. I know. So you, you have to, like you said on your bio, you have to find your self-worth all by yourself without those attachments. Because the minute those attachments are removed from you, you? you lose it. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So your son is still in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he said he doesn't want to come back. Um, sometimes I'll send him a message and he won't respond. Sometimes he'll out of the blue send me a message. I don't take that personal. I don't get upset. No, no, not at all. But it just took a lot for me to realize that, okay, you're still alive. Get up, do something with yourself. But at the same time, I couldn't post many things on Facebook that were positive because he would be like, oh, you just wanted to get rid of me. Look at you. You're living the life. I was was trapped between wanting to survive again but feeling guilty for wanting to survive because Mm -hmm. I had this stuff so badly. You know? Yeah. This is so amazing. I mean, you know, the journey obviously never stops, Um, right? (laughs) And you are just doing it, girl. You got this. It's awesome. You're going to love my guests, uh, Melina Montelongo. And she actually said something about that little girl in us. Mm-hmm. When she talks about that, you're probably going to resonate so much about it. Um, oh, like all these women uh, that I've interviewed has just been so phenomenal. And we have so much to give to the world. And the world needs to hear all of our voices and it, they need to also s- hear that we can be mom and we can do all sorts of other things too. And we can be hurt 
we can forgive um, and be okay with it, right? And forgiveness is such a huge thing, especially when you've gone through a lot of stuff mm -hmm. or when you've messed up a lot. Like the what what allowed me to get to get fully back into doing for others and to creating my book and to you know teaching others because if you notice i don't i don't like my niche is not helping moms how to be moms and be entrepreneurs my niche is you have to find yourself you have to find yourself because if i would have known this at 15 years old at 15 years of age i wouldn't I, you know i just wouldn't have gone through all of this but i had to it was my lesson it was my lesson so that some blessings could come out of it but what what is amazing is the resilience that we are given. And I, I created, through that resilience, I created something. And it's funny because when I say I created, I really didn't. It was a download straight up from God while I was in front of a mirror with eight, eight women. There is something that I call the mirror method. And I was just going to teach them. I was teaching a confidence class, a confidence, uh -huh. confidence class. And at the end, I was going to teach them a little bit of sens sensual dancing. Uh, and I, I created that program so that women could reconnect with themselves and understand that they're beautiful regardless of their shape, shape size or whatnot, right? And something, the moment I'm, I'm about to teach them and I'm actually placing them in front of the mirror to get ready to start dancing, something inside me just said, shh. And I've heard that shh about four times in my life and I know who that is. And I'm like, okay, I'll shut up. And then he's like, take them back. Get them far away from the mirror, far away from the mirror. And then she starts giving me all these directions. And I start giving all these instructions that have nothing to do with what I wanted to do. And that's where they found that little girl. They were able to connect to that little girl. They were able to see what it is that they had to forget about themselves. Because sometimes we're angry not at the world or what they did to us, but we're angry at us and we don't even know it because we don't mm -hmm. to see us, you know, to see ourselves for who we are. Because when, like you said, when we stop to realize that everything that happens to us is because we allow it, mm -hmm. you reclaim so much power. Mm -hmm. like, if I allow it, that means I have the power to stop it. Mm -hmm. That means I have the power to turn it around. So that program right there was completely God-given that day. It's like I said, it's called the mirror method. I believe it's amazing. And, wow. Yes. And... I would absolutely love, actually, if you want, because I want to test that workshop. I want to test it online to see if it works through the computer, to see, you know, because oh, wow. it's amazing in person. Like, women have breakthroughs right then and there within those two hours. No questions asked. But I want to see how it goes through online. So I would absolutely love it, Karine, if you could possibly, um, you know, I'll give you, like, 20 spots, and you can possibly, like, What's it called? Raffle one out in every episode. Oh, sweet. Free, completely free, because I want to test it online. I want to be able to get with those women in a group online to do the mirror method. Tell us about the mirror method. And I know you've already said a little bit about mm -hmm. it as an example for your group. Mm -hmm. But tell us what happens just, in, you know, briefly during that, during that session, during that method, and how long does it take? Well, the mirror method, if we do it online, it can take about a little bit less than an hour. Let's say maximum an hour. Um, you actually get to see you for who you are. You get put in front of a mirror. And once you're in front of the mirror, there's no way out. 
and um, you're allowed you're allowed to criticize yourself you're allowed to acknowledge what's coming through your mind when you look at yourself so you're able to look at yourself from far away you're able to look at yourself from from close up you're able to look at yourself straight through your eyes you can't see anything else because i literally take it to the mirror like right here like you can't see anything else because you're like right there so i i even get you acquainted with the lines of your eyes the color of your eyes that you know the aura everything that's in your eyes and then i get you a little bit past that and then i take you into a journey in your in, inside of you and you there are certain things i'm not going to give it all away but there are certain things that you have to look for yeah and, and I know the craziest thing for me is that I know people are getting there because they get there and my skin starts hurting. Like I'm an empath, so my skin will start hurting. It will start getting hot. My, my hairs are like sticking up like this. And then I turn around to see who's having that breakthrough. And there is, if we have eight women, like the last time we had eight women, about six of them were like crying. And they were finding things that they were blown away. And the crazy thing I think that I was blessed with is anything I do to help women, I don't come from a place of this is what you need to do. Read this book because this is going to help you. Uh, you're doing this wrong. I don't. I have been given the right questions so that they can ask themselves and then they get their own answers. I'm not here to get answers for them. I'm here to give wow. them the tools and they get their own answers. So I think that's the beauty of what the gift that's been given to me, because even the book that I just wrote, is all about you. It has nothing to do with me. I share a little bit here and there about me, but it's all questions about you. So since chapter one, you're like working on yourself. And I think that's a great thing in itself, to be able to give that to women. So let's talk about your book, because I, I, I was so attracted. Not that <laughs> it's, it's, what I love about, being Christian in the Christian church is there's, you can be a human in the Catholic church. You have to be almost God and perfect. Like they expect you to be, you know, you anyways, you get what, what I mean. Um, Hopefully it's changed now, but it's been a while since I've been and I've plugged into that church, but the Christian church that I go to, you know, recognizes that we are humans yes we're an image of god but we are humans and we have issues right Mm -hmm. and when you when you showed me your title i i just love the title and i didn't even know the title had a meaning it's it's the bitch protocol (laughs) it's like from talking about christian to the bad word but hey i'm human too and i have my days too and and it's such a catchy title. Can you, and you shared it with me, but our listeners need to know what the B-I-T-C-H stand for. And just a really quick synopsis of what the book is all about, because I'm seeing a lot of social proof that a lot of women are actually reading it and loving your book and such an amazing tribe that you have. Thank you. Thank you. No, I have, like I said, I, I feel completely, completely blessed and grateful because this came about, number one, because it's as real as I am. I am completely imperfect. And because of my upbringing, I've learned to not apologize for it. Because at the end of the day, my upbringing served me to teach me, no matter what you do, somebody's still going to reject you. No matter what you do, somebody's still going to talk crap about you and still going to criticize Mm -hmm. you and judge you. 
So why go through life caring? At the end of the day, I do what I do for me because it works for me. If it doesn't work for you, guess what? No big deal because I'm not doing it for you anyway. So <laughs> that's, that's my attitude with life. I don't care yep. what you think because you don't pay my bills. You don't feed me. You don't come and rub my back when it hurts. So quite frankly, I love you, but I don't care. You know. <laughs> so the bitch protocol came about because especially right now with social media, everybody's so sensitive. Everybody yeah. gets offended about everything because we live in a society where being, being a victim, it's fun. Yes. Victim gets us attention, but uh -huh. it's wrong attention. Yep. So my goal with this book is for you to redirect that victimization into something positive, something productive. So the bitch protocol is actually stands for it's beautiful, intelligent, talented, confident, and happy. Wow. A word doesn't have to mean, it doesn't have to be a bad word just because everybody said it's a bad word. You make it whatever you want to make it. So, Kareem, if you told me, Rosa, you're such a bitch, I'd be like, thank you, boo. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. You have no idea how freaking talented I am, how confident I am. Yes, thank you. And you'll be like, oh, then you're really going to think I'm a bitch. <laughs> so, so this is a woman's guide to not giving AF and again it's, it's the mentality behind why do we settle for the labels that everybody else wants to put on us right why? just because somebody chose to say that's a bad word because bitch is not even a bad word it's a female dog it's not a bad word mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying so it's like why do we settle for society standards why society. do we not rise up yeah. above that yeah, society is sickening. Um, they, and it's changing though with strong women like you and me and the strong women that comes on my podcast and we're just not putting up with it anymore. And I say that a lot too, we're, we're done putting up with society and society can shove its thing up its thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you know, sometimes, like I was talking about, I go to some networking and sometimes I'm just with my kids and I take my kids wherever I go if I have them. Mm -hmm. You know, luckily the other one, I can leave him at home now. He's big enough to be, be at home, you know, if I wanted to for a couple hours, not overnight, but you get eyes rolled on you. I mean, everybody's very friendly in because I know a lot of people, but there's still a few that you can just feel that energy that they're just like, you shouldn't be bringing your child here. And I had an interview with another gal here, uh, Aria Lighty, who started the Mob Nation, which is mom-owned business. And mm -hmm. it's exactly what she founded this organization from is that she allows mom own business when they do their networking to bring their children because there's just not a platform out there for it. Right. So I, I just love these disruption that we're doing into the world, the societal expectation. We're no longer putting up with it. And if you don't want us, we're going to go create our own. Exactly. Bye. Exactly. You know? And the thing about it is that every, every woman attacks women. Like there is so many, 
my goal with not just the book, but with everything that I do is to, is to bring so much awareness to where, do you understand that if you want to be a strong woman, it can only happen when you actually are around other strong women, when you actually let all that bull crap about jealousy and insecurities and competition away. I mean, I know that we can, when it comes to business, you have to have a competitive mind, but you don't have to have a male competitive mind. You don't mm-hmm. have to be out to get each other. You know what I mean? You can actually collaborate and help each other. We women, we are so unique and so different, which means that if I have, and that's something that I taught in a, in a recent talk, it's like, if I have three married consultants and they're all at each other's throats, why? This is <laughs> a humongous event. Well, no, but who's going to get the sales? Whoever likes, you know, whoever gets more customers. At the end of the day, it's like you and I, Karine, could be talking about the same thing, but there's going to be people that resonate with you and there's going to be people that resonate with you. you. You have to just be okay that there's, like you said, there's a tribe that will follow you. There's a tribe that won't and may follow a friend of yours. That's okay. Because at the end of the I, I think what happens is that we, we operate under the ego. So as long as we operate under the ego, if we're in business for ourselves, but if mm-hmm. the ultimate goal is to serve our clients, then I don't care if they're getting it from you as long as they're getting it. Yes. You know, because our mission together is to uplift and break through those Yes. Thank you. It's funny because I, I do the legal services thing and it's, um, I always get told, you know, there's other, there's other reps here or there's, and I always say, I've got no competition. Right. (laughs) And they're like, you always, they think, I think some people think I'm this put offish or maybe cocky person about being, I just say I got no competition in the and and my my reasoning behind that is nobody is like me. I'm unique, exactly. right? Exactly. And that what that's what makes it the fact that I have no competition. That's what creates the fact. I'm not being cocky. I'm not being like put offish. I'm not being like I'm more special than those people, therefore I feel like I have no competition. I just know that nobody is like me. We're all unique in our own ways. And like you said, if people resonate with me, great. Thanks so much. If people resonate with the other reps, by all means, because we have the same mission is to provide this service that has the same exact goal is to protect and empower people. But why do we like, we get so wrapped up about this money thing. And we get, yes, we all have bills to pay, but we get so wrapped up that we lose connection with the human being. It's the connection that is worth, it's priceless. It's so worth a lot of money. And the crazy thing about when we fight for something that wasn't meant for us is that it's not going to last long anyway. Yes. So that's, yes. something that, that, that's something that needs to be understood. You can fight with me all you want and compete with me all you want. And you could actually take her, but guess what? She's still going to cheat on you with me because she wanted me to do <laughs> It's true. So we really want to have this triangle type relationship. <laughs> or do we want a genuine relationship? So, so true. So when I, was, uh, when I was teaching, I've always been, like I said, obese, you know, clinically obese, 250 pounds and more. And when I was teaching and I broke through the gyms and I actually started teaching in every gym and everybody wanted a piece of this book set, um, I had instructors, I had instructors that were like this, Corinne, coming and like 
telling me in my face, why? Why do you have so much following if you're so fat? And I'm like, well, honey, because- Wow, serious? Oh, yes. Because they were jealous. They were insecure because they were new. They were younger. They were thinner. They were whatever they thought they were, but they were not getting the following that I had. And I'm like, well, this is exactly why. That attitude right there is exactly why they're coming to me and not to you. That's exactly why. It has nothing to do with with me being big or small. It's that attitude right there that you're putting out to the world. Thank you. (laughs) You know, my friend, Ramona, who's going to be on episode four, and it's so funny, every time now I, I have a conversation, I talk about my guests because every little piece of every single one of my guests has, has been engraved into me. Of course. And my friend Ramona, when I, was, when I was telling her about as I was writing this book that I had, you know, some people saying that you should really, number one, English is my second language mm-hmm. and I have grammatical error. You'll mm-hmm. see it on my post sometimes on Facebook and social media and all these other stuff. And she, you know, and, and there's people that says you should really go take some ESL classes or you, sh- or you should go take some English as a second language class because of gram- grammatical errors because there's going to be people that, that are so particular about that that will unfollow you or whatever. And I'm like, they're good. They can unfollow me if they want to. And um, Ramona kind of clearly said to me, which I had known, but, you know, sometimes you get out of this zone that you because of what people tell you and you you start believing the people that tells you something right especially when they're near and dear to your heart and close to you um and ramona says you know kareen that's okay that's their demons not your demon Mm -hmm. you know when people project things to you it's not because you are worried about it it's because they're worried about it about themselves they're just projecting it to you because you're the one that is moving, yeah. um, which so resonate with me when you said something about, you know, like you just don't care. This no. is exactly why people don't come to you because of the attitude. I'm so, I'm so happy that you had addressed it this, that way because I think, I think that a lot of women too that are listening now should learn how to handle those situations and not allow people to put you down. Yes. And, if, and have you ever noticed, like, for example, if there is a, this nasty, nasty person, right? Have you ever noticed that she, she might have a wonderful following, but have you ever spoke to anybody in that following? They're as nasty as her. So it's yes. like, you don't want them to stay away from you. Like, be glad that those people are going elsewhere. Be glad that they're not your customers. Yes, thank you. Exactly. So, Rosa, we are almost done, and I want to make sure that I ask some of the questions that I always ask. Um, Do you follow a thought leader? And if you do, who is that? And then other than the book that you just wrote, which, which is phenomenal, what books are you reading or book are you reading right now? I follow Lisa Nichols. I was a hardcore follower of Tony Robbins. And I have to admit that my heart is very trapped right now in between ever since he put hands on that woman. Um, and every time I think about it, I literally, my stomach just turns, you know, mm-hmm. because I would have never expected that of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I 
I love his philosophies. I absolutely love the, the owner of PHP agency. I don't know if you know who he is. Pat, mm-hmm. Pat his philosophies are amazing. So I'm always on his stuff. Yeah. I follow Marie Forleo, you know, definitely uh, John Maxwell. And what was the other question? Yeah. <laughs> um, Patrick Bet David, I, I follow him too. Um, he's, he's really good. The books that you're reading or book. Okay, so right now, I just got a book, it's called, I, I'm always looking to see if I'm going to better my business, uh, you know, so this one is called Secrets to Landing Corporate Sponsorship. Oh, cool. That's, yeah, so wow. that's what I'm reading, and um, I, um, I just got also um, Napoleon Hill, what is, oh, shoot. Think and Grow Rich? Yes, Think and Grow Rich uh, for Women. It's, it's an awesome book. So that's the one I'm reading right now. And that's pretty much it because right now I'm trying to translate my book because I'm going to be moving to Mexico in September for my health because I have a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to take my book. I'm going to turn it into Spanish and I'm going to take it over there. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, what, this is going to be a tough question for you because your mom was mean to you. But that doesn't mean that she didn't teach you a lesson, right? So what lesson did you learn from your mother that you have or will pass on to your kids? To your son? Because you only have one, right? Right. That is an interesting question. Um, Because it's hard for me to see my things or, you know, to see from her point of view. I like to put my points of view on her so that I can ease the, ease the punch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just be open to love. You know, um, even now as we're grown, just this year, we've had conversations on the table and she's told me she doesn't believe in love. Wow. So that to this day? To this day. Wow. To this day. Um, I've told my son all of his life, I love you five times a day, you know? So just, just to be open to love and thank God I've always been open to love, but to never forget that, you know, that love. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so you talked about Tony Robbins and the situation that he was in and, you know, um, listening to your struggles and your story growing up. I don't know if you know that he was also he was, he also went through the same thing. And I have a a friend that's a business coach and he talks about that little girl and us, he doesn't call it the little girl, but he calls it like your, you know, your experience when you were little. And sometimes when you are in a situation, you, what you're, who, who you currently are hasn't always been there. And that, that, past of yours has always been embedded in you deep down and you don't doesn't come up to the surface very often because you've learned how to control it and this is how i've i've kind of dealt with how do i continue liking tony robbins Uh and and overcome that is and i'm not making any excuses for him by all means because i know i'm going to have a lot of women listening to this podcast but I'm just like going back to this coaching process that my friend goes through called, he's a full potential habits coach. And that sometimes depending on what the situation is, it will surface and then it comes out like that. 
as if you are currently in front of your mother battling your mother. And I wonder if that was where it was coming from. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not making excuses for him, but I do know psychologically those things surface. And that's why he's, he probably works on himself all of the time because they show up once in a while. Right. I don't know about you. It probably shows up for you once in a while. And the bad thing is that with, you know, we go back to the Spider-Man, you know, verse of with great, responsibility, with great power comes great responsibility. The bad thing about Tony is that he is not only a male that put a hand, hands on a female, but he is an influencer and he's damn near seven feet tall. So he's a big know, guy. You know, no matter from what angle you look at it, like he should have had so much more restraint than that because she really wasn't a threat. I mean, when you look at that video, she wasn't posting a threat. She was speaking no. her mind. She was speaking her truth. And it kind of like triggered his ego. Because that yep. looked like an egotistical move. So yep. I, I, and, I, and I'm a Tony Robbins lover. So it's like, but I can acknowledge when that looked like an egotistical move. Like she, he thought, he thought she was trying to make him look more in front of his audience. Yeah, and that wasn't the case. So I don't hate him, hate him, but I kind of like, I don't say, oh, I love Tony Robbins the way I used to. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely lost some touch with with, with the women. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah. It's it's left it's left us a bad taste in our mouth. Okay. Um. So love was about was a lesson from your mother. Um. If your son was listening to this podcast, what would you tell him? I would tell him what I've told him a thousand times. I am so sorry that I wasn't perfect but that he should never doubt for one second my love for him. I would freaking die for him. <laughs> and if I could do it all over again, I probably wouldn't because the one thing that I can tell you, Corinne, that has come out of this, even though he might still have some resentment, is that he is an independent man living with a roommate, having his own stuff, and the reason why he told me, Mom, I don't want to go back to the United States is because he told me, if I go back to the United States, you guys will take over my life and I will not be able to be independent. Wow. So he has grown tenfold from probably what I would have allowed him to grow here because I am a compulsory and so <laughs> is my mother. So I don't know that I would do it over and fix it. I really don't. God has a plan and things happen for a reason. And the only thing that sucks is that we got hurt in the process, but nobody died though. Nobody died. Yeah. We always get hurt and we're always going to get hurt. Um, Cause it is part of, you know, it's part of the process that we have to go through. Yeah. Um, so at the end of all your journey, you're on your deathbed and your entire life flashes in front of you. You've accomplished everything you have left no stones unturned and you killed it in life. You've got everything you've ever wanted. And your son asks you these last question, mom, what are the top three things you're proud of accomplishing as a mother? What would those three things be? And um, you may already have stated some of the answers with what you, the previous question, but um, 
I would say I'm very proud of the fact that I never gave him a bad example. I sacrificed a lot of things to make sure that he had no excuses to say, well, you do it too. <laughs> so I definitely was very hardcore when it came to that. I was quite inflexible. <laughs> um, I hope and pray that he has seen my journey and I've always been 100% honest with my child. I mean, way too honest, maybe even for his own good. And I hope and pray that my resilience drips off of onto him. Not for him to be resilient in his life, but for him to know that he doesn't have to go through life being a victim. He has more power than that. So I pray that I live by example. And I also hope that he will have an entrepreneurial bone. <laughs> Just because it's hard for me to understand people that like to work for people. <laughs> but, you know, he has, he's definitely uh, an opposite of me. He's a cancer. He's a lover. He loves family atmosphere. He, he loves people. I love people when I'm on, like, to help. But after that, I'm like, leave me alone. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a total hermit. So I hope that those, those three things, you know, that I can genuinely say I'm proud of. Unfortunately, if you ask me right now, I still think there is a lot of guilt behind stuff, you know. Uh, so I cannot fully say I'm proud of this and I'm proud of that because the most painful parts still resonate a lot with me. Yeah, no, no worries. Thank you for that. Now, um, how can our listeners find you Okay, on um, social media? Yes, yes. So my name is Rosa Alejandra. I don't know, that might be hard for some people. It's R-O-S-A-A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-A. So that's how I am on Facebook. If you add the word consulting at the end, then you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and my Facebook page as well. Um, you can, it's the same thing for my website, rosaalejandraconsulting.com. And yeah, that's it. If you want a copy of the book, just go to thebitchprotocol.com. And I promise you, it's not what you think. <laughs> that's great. Well, Rosa, I want to commend you and acknowledge you for all of your hard work and the accomplishments that you've, I mean, you've gone through so much. I think every feat that you've won is an accomplishment all on its own. And we're never going to be, you know, it's always going to be part of us. And you're learning how to leverage those to become a better person. That's what I love about how you have turned something so traumatizing into something so much bigger than yourself. And there's definitely a lot of women that's going to be able to you know, use your counsel because you've gone through so much and I'm interested in hearing your progress and watching you grow on social media. And I also want to thank you for our friendship. You know, you can build a friendship even though you don't live in the same city. Oh, yeah. And um, our friendship is growing. And I just want to thank you for being an awesome human. You. oh my goodness thank you so much i'm so glad that we connected and i totally see you you know i do i we're both pretty real and we both have this heart of service and and uplifting other women so i pray that this collaboration does touch some lives 
Awesome. So to close, what is your definition of mother hustler? Oh, you want it in my words or in uh, or in appropriate words for for YouTube or <laughs> Ro Rosa's definition. Rosa's definition. You know, to me, a mother a mother hustler is a badass bitch. <laughs> you do what you have to do, whether somebody likes it or not, and you just do it. You don't ask for permission and you don't apologize either. You show up exactly as who you are, in hopes that you know who you are, and if you don't, say, Karina, I can help you. Don't worry. But, but yeah, definitely, that is, it's, it's just you being you, and, and, and at the same time, you're teaching your children to be themselves, you know, it's, you live by example. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for gracing us with your time today and for your presence, because, you know, the way that you show up has just been amazing today, and Everything that I go through with interviews has always blessed me and just really enriching my, my own life. And I know it'll enrich a lot of people's lives as we grow this podcast. So I thank you for being part of it. Congratulations on your podcast. You are doing amazing. I'm looking forward to all the other episodes. Yes. Thank you, Rosa. Have an awesome day. And thanks for sharing a lot of your journey. I know there's going to be women that are just going to enjoy it. Thank you for the opportunity, love. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. All right, sisters. Thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler. For the most part. You know, like I speak English, but it's all, right. you know, it's not always organized properly. Sometimes my posts is, you know, have grammatical errors. But I just, I had to get over that hump, you know to be able to execute what I wanted to do. But because of a, a tribe of people helped me say, go for it, do it. You can do it. And do it. Yeah, they, they want, together we rise. Yeah. We, and I don't think any one of us, one person can make significant change in this world. And let's face it, there needs to be significant change in this world. But yeah. together, together we can make it's massive tribes. powerful. Yeah. I was telling Key, it's, nobody's ever ever self-made. I don't care who you are. You can you can say you're self-made, but you had if you are a child, you had a mother that helped you become who you are. Yeah. And sometimes we don't always think of it that far, but it's really how you've been shaped by your mother that's going to contribute to you as an adult of how you become an, an impactful person, human in the world, right? How you show up. Mm. And that's, you can't call that self-made, you know, people label themselves all the time that I'm self-made. Nobody's ever self-made in 100%. my book. Have a mentor or you've read a book somewhere or you've, you've read, you know, you've watched the movie, The Shift or whatever that just gave you that nudge to go forward is that, um, that's what made you, that helped shape you. But in any case, I want to commend you for all of your successes and it really being brave to go for it and turning in that two-week notice at your, at your job that paid you well and just going after your dreams because I think that that in, in and of itself is commendable. Thank you. And I congratulate you for going, um, before I ask you my last question, for going after your your dreams and serving your purpose. Is the website for the Golden Leap? I did they just like the plug, but okay. So here's uh, make sure it's Golden Leap. There's a word education in there because uh, there's Golden Leap Foundation out there, which is totally different. This it. it's it's four letter word Golden Leap 
educationfoundation.org. Dot org. So all the, word, all the words are in it. All the words, forwards, Golden it. Leaf Education Foundation dot org. And then um, you're on Facebook, booming all the time with some friends and everywhere. And yeah, you can just just Google and you. Know. And then your book is on Amazon. Um, so so my book is available around the world. It's a print on demand. There's a gentleman in um, Ireland. And he bought a book in the UK and he carried with him wherever he goes. And um, he went to Kilimanjaro and took a picture of it. Oh. So I would love it if you guys get a book and take a picture and just text it to me or send it to me. Or tag him on social media. Tag you can find him on media. social media. But, uh, um, be, a part, be a part of my world, you know. If, if I may, how much time do we have? That's good. You can take if, all, this is the okay. finale. Okay. We can take more time than usual. So, so since we're talking about, I want people to be a part of, of my journey to, you know, sort of rally and support the cause. I would, in the back of the book, <clears throat> it has a definition of golden leaf, mm. what, what they are. And, and you can Google it and find out all that stuff. But, but my favorite way of telling people uh, what golden leaf is all about, it's, um, I was a leaf at the mercy of the wind. The wind carried me from one remote part of the world to another. It blew me some turbulence and catastrophic weather. It took me to a Khmer Rouge labor camp and lingered for an eternity. Mm -hmm. It dehydrated me and nearly starved me to death. I hopelessly watched the most devilish mother of all winds ruthlessly crush my tree into lifeless pulp. Mm -hmm. Like an almighty Olympian god, when the wind wanted to toy with me, it blew me through minefields, rockets, and bullets. While two million leaves disintegrated, I persevered. Through an extraordinary journey, I discovered myself. I am fortunate, and I don't easily perish. I was a golden leaf. But against all odds, I survived, laid down roots, and became a tree. As a tree, I wanted yield wood to build schools in Cambodia, hopefully around the world. But unfortunately, there, there's only so much wood a tree like me can yield. So I need fellow trees. I need a forest. Hence, the Golden Leaf Education Foundation. Amazing. Wow. Thank you for giving us the definition of the Golden Leaf because I think that's important. It really tells the entire, it almost like summarizes your story. Right. Yeah, 